Good morning, everybody. This is the Marcus Today members podcast on Wednesday, 25th of October. And the graphic at the top of my section today has got a flat-lined heartbeat with a little pulse at the end. Have we got life in the market? Well, we have two days. We were up 12 points yesterday after a torrid week, and we're up 24 points today. And it's been led by resources. We've got the resources sector up one point. 3% today. BHP up 2%, Fortescue Metals up 2%, Rio up 2%, and Mineral Resources, which is an iron ore stock, as well as a lithium stock, getting a kicker from both camps today, up 2.8%. The iron ore price is up in Asia today, and the stocks have kicked along as the Chinese have unexpectedly issued additional sovereign debt or stimulus to you and me, so resources building. And this is really where the the pulse is on this two-day rally resources. They were up yesterday as well. So if you were a trader in the red zone, if you're a trader, you might be stirred by this recent rally to look at something risk on or to try and catch the bottom of the resources sector. But for investors, I don't think this is enough to stir us, I have to say. And it hasn't stirred me to do anything in the strategy portfolio yet still in cash. If you look at the top of my section today, you'll see the ASX 200 weekly chart. We have been quite nicely supported this year at the 6,900 level, and we dropped under that this week, 6,881 at the moment. So we've sort of broken the support that's worked for us this year. And the next stop, if you were to just look at charts and support levels, the next stop is 6,400, which is down 7% from here. good days do not turn this market around but you never know it might build there is a bit of good news around today the good news is that english rugby shirts are online 40 percent cheaper this week i think maybe they should be a 90 percent cheaper and there are a few other bits of good news helping this rally the most obvious one is the bond yield being under five percent again it looks like this billionaire bill ackman who publicly shorted the bond market a few few months ago, who covered his shorts this week and tweeted about it, causing a 20 basis point drop in bond yields on Monday. He seems to have led this drop in bond yields, but I'm not sure that Bill's billion is quite enough to control the, or to set a new trend in, the 51 trillion US dollar bond market. But all it takes is a lead sometimes, and the herd follows. So for a day or two anyway, we're following Bill, who covered his shorts on the bond market. It's hard to see if there's any other input that would materially tell you that peak is in on interest rates. So just a bit of fluffy noise is helping at the moment. Although it has to be said, if we if we have looked at those charts every day of the odds of a US interest rate rise, and the odds of a US interest rate rise in November are now, they've got a meeting on November the 1st, are now zero. And there's actually a chance of a rate cut. And the same thing for the December meeting as well, the chance of a rate cut rather than a rate rise. So things have turned around a little bit sentiment-wise in the bond market. Maybe we have seen the peak on bonds, but I've been talking about that since January this year and have worn myself out with optimism. Still hasn't happened, but the last couple of days, it's looking a bit better. There were some flash PMI numbers in the US last night. They were back above 50 after many months below 50. So they're a building hope 
hopes for the US economy avoiding any sort of hard landing, if there's a landing at all. The other driver has been results in the US, quite a lot of quite good results last night. I'll get to Microsoft in a minute, but Coca-Cola up 2.9% on results. Verizon up 9.3%, GE up 6.5% in results. They talked about an aviation boom. 3M up 5.3% on results, Snap up 2.3% on results, RTX up 7.2% on results. So quite a good set of results last night in the US. And the big tech has started to report. Microsoft had their results after hours and is up 4.4% in after hours trading. And we're all looking at the AI revenues of big tech and for Microsoft revenue as a whole on the quarter was up 13% cloud revenues up 24% and profits up 27% making the age of AI real was their catch line and doing okay so Microsoft up on the flip side of that though Alphabet or Google to you and me was down six and a half percent in after hours trading on the back of after hours results where revenue was only up 11% and cloud revenues slowed. Growth was 22.5% compared to 28% last quarter. And there was a comment about a slowing global economy causing spending cuts on cloud-related services by corporates. So it doesn't look like we're going to get that second AI rally. Only one bout of irrational exuberance, it seems, this year. Doesn't look like this results season is going to kick off another. Might have to put those hopes aside. I'm afraid it was never likely anyway, so not buying the fang today. The other good news is the oil prices dropped for the third day on the trot at a week's low, and that of course is helpful for the headline inflation number. Oil price down 2% overnight. Having said that, I've written up a broker who is saying that there is still a chance of an oil price shock as Russia weaponizes energy and the Middle East stability instability rises. But on the flip side of that, you might have noticed in the US, two huge oil and gas acquisitions in the last, well, one yesterday, purchase of Hess for 53 billion US and a previous $60 billion acquisition in the sector. Have a read of Chanticleer in the AFR today. But the suggestion is that fossil fuels, rather than winding down, are in short supply. Alternative energy sources, largely thanks to ESG constraints, ESG working against itself at the moment, has left the energy markets wide open to fossil fuels and everybody's trying to get back into them just as BHP offloads its oil assets, oil and gas assets to Woodside and coal assets to Whitehaven. At this point, you'd be buying those two stocks rather than BHP. And notably, AGL, our biggest emitter, is up from $7 to $12 this year. It's back a little bit from the high. But it looks like we have a few more years of fossil fuels and prices are high. Demand is high and supply is low, hence those two big mergers. And it seems BHP has got on the right side of the moral argument and the wrong side for the benefit of its shareholders. Another small positive, if you can call it positive, is the Hamas-Israeli conflict seems to be losing its influence day by day. We're getting the financial markets getting a bit numb to it now. And we are seeing a bit of a bounce, as I say, in risk on sectors. Rare Earths also taking off after Linus's Malaysian license 
Renaissance Relief Rally yesterday was up 12% up again today. There was an upgrade from a broker on Pilbara Minerals yesterday. Pilbara Minerals, Mineral Resources and Allchem are all up today. So a bit of a turning point in risk on. Risk on includes uranium as well as rare earths and lithium. Lion Town Resources limping higher today, up 2 cents to 180 cents. As an aside, not that we'd ever buy it, but Bitcoin at an 18 month high, up 7% again overnight. And what's driving that is the prospect of a cryptocurrency based ETF getting off the ground. And if it's anything like the gold ETF, the moment they created the gold ETF, it created so much demand for physical gold that it became self-fulfilling. So you create a gold ETF, it goes and buys a cube of gold three meters by three meters by three meters, which completely throws out the supply demand ratio on gold that has existed for hundreds of years and it pushes the price up. So here we have an ETF over cryptocurrency, including Bitcoin, and it'll go and buy a load of Bitcoin, which again, like gold, is a commodity with limited supply and it pushes the price up. So Bitcoin rising at the moment. What else? Michelle Bullock made a speech last night. You probably saw. Will not hesitate to raise interest rates if there is a material lift in inflation prospects. And we have the inflation numbers today at 11.30. Well, it's 11.31. Let's see what they are. Quarterly CPI up 1.2% at the headline. Consensus was 1.1. Annually CPI up 5.4%. Consensus was 5.3%. Core CPI strips out food and energy up 1.2% for the quarter. Forecast was 1.1%. And on an annual basis, core inflation up 5.2% against a forecast of 5%. So CPI numbers a touch higher than expected. Oil price, the culprit, by the way. RBA meets November the 7th. Let's see what it's done to the bond market. Two-year bond yield. Oh, here we go. Right. Two-year bond yield up 13 basis points. Ten-year bond yield up 4.8 basis points. And that's slightly delayed. So it might be worse than that because the equity market has dumped. We were up 41 at our high. We are now down 20. That's down 61 points from the top. Market doesn't like it. Almost every sector except for resources is now down. REITs, one of the worst. They're interest rate sensitive, down 1.4%. IT down, consumer discretionary down. I imagine the Aussie dollar is up. Yes, 63.84. So all a bit ugly. You'll be reading headlines later today about the chances of a rate rise on November the 7th now. And maybe that's what Michelle Bullock was hinting at last night. So that rather kills it. Another reason to stay in cash. Lots of other quick stuff today. Corporate travel up 3.3% after announcing a buyback. Super retail was up 3.5%, now only up 1%. Consumer discretionary on sales numbers today. Super Cheap Auto doing rather well. Kogan up 5% on sales numbers. They say growth is back. Woolworths down 1.3% now on sales numbers. Ampol up 3.2% on third quarter earnings. Strong refining margins. Magellan down another 5.6% as the CEO steps down. Mineral resources up 2.7% still holding up as it reaffirms guidance. And there we go. I am 
am still excited about our new color coding for investors, for members, color coding members and color coding investments suitable to those members. I didn't quite get to write it up today. It's going to be a piece of work, but I'm going to break out what I now consider to be five colors, which are five zones that people will belong to. They go from the white zone, which is everybody who is in a super fund, be that a big super fund or an industry fund, people who are inactive. They may be interested in the stock market, but they don't want to become a stock market trader. So they sit in their super fund and wear every correction in the market. That's the white zone. Green zone is people who want to catch every bull market, but avoid the corrections. And they can do that through our strategy portfolio. Market timing in the green zone. You can use ETFs to do that as well as managed funds or even the app for your industry or big super fund. They allow you to click asset allocation now. So that's green market timing, trying to avoid crashes without having to trade shares. Then we have blue, which is the nest egg preservers who want to earn an income without disturbing themselves with daily trading. Then there are the yellow zone investors. Those are people who are probably not yet retired, can afford to take a bit bit more risk, still have an income and will focus more on growth companies, companies with high return on equities rather than high payout ratios and high yields. So looking to grow their nest egg, that's the yellow zone. And then the red zone, which is trade. And trading is probably the smallest group, I have to tell you, which are people who are probably more short term, have skills that every investor could do with, probably use technical analysis, are able to sell, which many investors aren't, possibly have a trading plan, probably shorter term, probably not too interested in fundamentals and are looking to make money on a daily basis. So that's traders in the red zone. So I'm going to lay those five zones out for you in the news newsletter soon. You can decide which one you are. You may be two of them. You may be 80% in the nest egg preservation earning income blue zone, but trade with 10%. So you might be 10% red. So more of that to come. Haven't had time to do it today. And that's about it. Market just having a little rebound down 14 now. Dow futures up 52. NASDAQ futures down 48. That's presumably on the back of the alphabet share price drop. We've got lots more results coming up. Apple, Amazon, Amazon, I think tonight, then Meta on Thursday, along with a notable showing from energy companies, Exxon, Chevron over the next couple of days, plus Intel. So more US results to come. The focus is also on the third quarter GDP number in the US on Thursday night and the PCE report, which is their preferred measure of inflation, the Fed's preferred measure of inflation on Friday. We've got the bank results season coming up, kicks off. Well, it's already kicked off with Bendigo Adelaide Bank, but kicks off with Macquarie on November the 3rd, then Westpac, NAB and ANZ. We have a host of AGMs coming up. Wes Farmers, Woolworths, S32 to name a few. JB Hi-Fi as well. Some of the retailers have been doing really well. Whitehaven Coal, which of course has just bought coal mines from BHP and a number of others. Busy corporate diary at the moment. Right, that's about it. The CPI numbers have killed it. Still in cash. Seems appropriate. You have a good day. I'll be back tomorrow. Oh, 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 oh,